Yes, this is Free For All Friday, and this is Pierre's request we play this. And uh, Mark, what is it? What are we playing at Pierre's request here? Uh, it's a Bach piece uh, called Adiagos, or Sheep May Safely Graze. Well, I think sheep should be able to graze safely, don't you, mm-hmm. Brian? I mean, this sounds like a wonderful place to live. Yeah. With this yeah. kind of background music. I think I'll use this all the time. I'm kind of <laughs> relaxed, you know? Usually it's a few cups of coffee and I'm all kind of hyped up. And So wait, Pierre <laughs> listens to this and he still gets that worked up about chickens. chickens. Yeah, right. and sheep. So I, I love, guess what's I wrong? I love you, Pierre. I'm thinking we should have sheep in backyards too, right? They don't really... Uh-huh. Uh, okay, look at here we are. We have city officials in here today that are going oh my god what did we uh, get into here today lauren johnson our uh, assistant city manager welcome good morning haven't had you on for a while yeah it's been a little bit but and, good morning yeah well good morning and glad to have you and i know um there's a, a city big powwow going on in orlando today right yes it's the annual florida league of cities conference and so Denise is there. Yes, our city manager and chief of staff are there. And I believe the mayor and um, council member Pontieri as well. All right. Well, we're glad to have you on because we know we can get more information out of you than Denise anyway. <laughs> I don't so. know about that. <laughs> anyway, also Brittany Kershaw, we hear you on the radio all the time. Do a great job with communications and getting the word out to everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here today, too. And um, Matt, I think, uh, is this the first time you've been on Free For All? I made a uh, brief appearance with you almost four years ago when I started with the city. So this will oh. be number two. But, okay. Yeah. You've been here for four years. Four years. That wow. happens really fast, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. You're the public works director. And, the, uh, the, uh, the public works director for your award-winning nationally recognized <laughs> public works department. Four yes. more years. Four, four, four years, more yeah. years. Yeah, I get to represent some uh, amazing men and women in the department that uh, do some great work. So, so chickens don't fall under your category. Uh, I have not been told that chickens will be part of public works. So, who, yeah. who's that? so who would be in charge of chickens if that w- did last? Who would be the official that would be the chicken? That falls under community development, and um, code is our regulatory agency over there. So that would be community development department. They w- they wouldn't mind having adding chickens in there, would they? Um, well, we heard on Tuesday that there's people already in Palm Coast who have chickens, so it's uh, quite the normal thing that they see around town. All right. You know, I mean, there, I think there's a certain amount. I mean, like I always said, you know, Palm Coast was established as a city of high standards. That's why people moved here, because they can't have all this crap in their yard and looking junky and let their job over. It's not infringing on people's rights. And like uh, Pierre was saying, like a homeowner's association, I think it should be governed like a homeowner. We have ordinances in place to keep the city a quality place. And if you start tearing it down, well, then move to Palatka or something and, and have your trailer where you want and, and don't worry about your neighbors and that kind of thing. So I think that we have an obligation to the people that have moved here because of high standards and the way the city looks and everything that just like an HOA, why would you go into an HOA where you can't hang your underwear out to dry and then uh, be mad because you can't, you know? Well, because the neighbors don't want to see it. That's why. So uh, that's my opinion. I hear you. Everybody's afraid to even say anything. <laughs> well, how about, how about this is uh, chickens. Okay. And I think true it is that, okay, people, if, if people have them and nobody knows, but but you know when, what other farm animals next because i think you know rabbits make a lot less noise right 
Have you ever? I've never heard a rabbit talk. Never? No. Or anything? Have you ever eaten a rabbit? No, I have not. Oh, they are good. And they're so, you just put them in a crock pot with some barbecue sauce <laughs> and you come home at night and they are delicious. So uh, where's the rabbit people in Palm Coast? That's what I want to know. We haven't heard from any of the rabbit people. Maybe that'll no. be the next thing. Yeah. No. Well, I've heard from the Chick-fil-A people and they say, eat more chicken. And um, so um, to honor the, uh, the decision, we are going to, uh, you guys like Chick-fil-A? We do. Are you? You want some free Chick-fil-A's? Can you, are you allowed to take them, or is that against the law? That's, we're not allowed to do that. We have to share with everyone. So, oh. I mean, but we would love to share, let you share with the community. Oh, okay. I'm not obligated to share anything with anybody, right, so you can some, give them to me if you want. Here's some free Chick-fil-A sandwiches hey, for you. Yeah, very and, good. And for our listeners, I'll tell you what, for the next, how many do I have here? I'll one, eat two, this three, one. I'll, I'll think of uh, Brittany when I'm eating this one. <laughs> And Lauren, when I mean this one. <laughs> um, I have uh, one, two, three. I have five Chick-fil-A free sandwiches. So the next five people that text us at 361-4227-386. Just text us and say, eat more chicken. And uh, we'll give you some free Chick-fil-A's. 361-4227. And um, yeah, why not? You know, because everybody loves Chick-fil-A. They so, do. There we go. One of our good local businesses here that supports a lot of things in the community. And speaking of chicken, I had, then we'll get on to serious business here because I know <laughs> you guys didn't come in to talk about this stuff. But uh, years ago, I lived over in Pasco County and they did allow you to do anything you wanted in towns that were junky. And they still are that way because once you go that route, you can never get it back. So I think I, I admire the, the city. I understand. I listen to everything. I can understand what the pro people, chicken people are and everything to it. But the vast majority of people, they don't want chickens and they can go to Chick-fil-A and they can go buy their eggs or whatever. So where does it end if we start putting farm animals, allowing it, like I say, rabbits? And where, where do we go from there? And do we want to be known as a, uh, a chickens in your backyard? I think Clufus kind of said that you know, pretty clearly. So in Spring Hill, Florida, uh-huh. I see you, have, chicken, you printed off a packet for me. Here. Well, because I know you wouldn't believe me. No, so I would not. It, it was the uh, chicken plucking capital of the world. The world, yeah. chicken plucking championship. See, there you go. Oh, wow. And um, but and it was like you know they had it was a fundraiser in the little small town of Spring Hill, and the church would do a thing, and the uh, all the women would get up on stage and. And they would see who could pluck the chickens the fastest, and it was like a big <laughs> carnival, so big get-together. So well, I think maybe we could have the uh, – and they gave it up, by the way, because um, people thought it was gross. So, it sounds gross. But yeah. I'm, thinking, does, yeah. I'm thinking maybe there's a resurgence of a chicken-plucking contest in Palm Coast. What do you think, Brittany? Um you know, if if you want to come and suggest that, we can consider it. It could be at, it could be at the next Birds of a Feather Festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I think you have to be known for something, and I'd rather we stick to the medians being well, what this, we're known for. This story, right. this story has a, a very evocative line here. Then an evil kachicken, I'm not sure if that's a typo, but it's K-chicken. An evil kachicken, a guy dressed up like a chicken, might leap across the lake on a powered, pedal-powered sky cycle. I mean, that would be a great spectacle at a city event. At right in front of City Hall, right? Yeah. Okay. Can't you visualize it now, Brittany? I kind of can, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we'll start coming to some, um, you know, workshop meetings and present our... uh, Be part of the next uh, planning committee. Anyway, hey, it's all in fun. I know a lot of people take it seriously, but um, I'm glad we are where we are. Hey, um, the... uh, 
a lot of a uh, lot of things going on here in the city and and uh, lauren kind of from the top if you can talk a little bit about um we rolled back the millage rate on our taxpayers which means people won't be paying any more right because property values have gone up and we know what goes up goes down and uh, right, and actually, they are going down because I think a year ago property values were a lot higher in Palm Coast than they are today. So it kind of peaked in the and on the downside, right? Is that true? Yes, I think we're starting to see that curve or shift, and we're starting to kind of let just remain flat, like remain neutral. And so, as that goes, so goes the um, the, the taxes that homeowners pay. Yes. So with the high rates, you know, they paid higher taxes, but their home values were higher. Right. And if next year they go down, they pay less taxes. Right. And the city does not collect as much revenue as it would the previous year. So in any household, that would be a nervous thing to not know from year to year what your income is going to be. Absolutely. And, and so you have to plan. Right. Budget. And yes. Yes. And, and try and forecast too. Right. So um, we've seen a lot of things change in the city the past couple of years. Um, whether it's been cost of materials, supply chain issues, um, we've seen chemical increases by 38%. And then, you know, more recently, we've seen um, cost increases in insurance. Our health insurance is up 24%. Our, you know, assets that the city insures is up double. And so those are also costs that we are absorbing. I think, you know, if if we as residents can look at the city of Palm Coast, like this is our home, Palm Coast is our home, Palm Coast is our house, and our house has all the same ingredients into it. We have plumbing, and we have electrical, and we have uh, a roof, and we have um, all these different things, and a yard to maintain and make it look nice and all that. So that, in my mind, I kind of simply take a look at it that way, that we want to keep our home nice, we want to keep our in repair but i'm kind of feeling like with the rollback and um and right now we're going nowhere with the uh, fpl um the uh, franchise fee that we're looking at a uh, we're going to hold off on some repairs um for a while is that yes some repairs and some programs so um, the city manager indicated to city council on Tuesday, you know, there's several programs and activities that are either suspended or unfunded for next year. So, you know, um, our intern program who just, they just presented at council on Tuesday, um, cities travel and training, um, no employees are really doing any of that next year unless it um, is in line with their license that they're required to have as part of their position. Um, some of our parks and recreation services, you know, that quality of life um, are, you know, looking at modification and then, um, you know, just overall looking at our level of service and where can we try and be more creative in some areas and then, you know, other things are just being unfunded. So when times are tough, you know, we've all been there. I don't think any of us in this room are gazillionaires other than Brian, maybe. Mm. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, um, <laughs> So, but when, when times are tough and, you know, you look at everything, you look at, uh, well, do I need to change my oil now? Maybe I can wait a few months and, or, and then, or maybe do I really need to landscape my yard? I can hold off on that. Do I, you know, do we start turning off ceiling fans, trying to save a few bucks or, you know, I mean, everybody can kind of, um, and, and I think that's what the, the public was saying in these workshop meetings to the city is, is there places 
that you can cut. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to cut stupidly where the price to pay for it, like if you don't change the oil or do all those things in your car for a year or so, and then you blow the engine, that was pretty stupid um, to have not maintained on the way. So what situations would parallel that, that um, the, the cutbacks and you can't budget for things that, that you guys feel really are important that's going to cost us a lot more in the long run, kind of the penny-wise, pound-foolish thing? So, um, you know, the city maintains our capital infrastructure plan, our CIP, through um, the additional sales tax dollars. And so right now we are only using those funds to focus on critical projects. And, you know, as mentioned in council, our, our roads are very critical right now. That, and, that, and that's been a hot topic in the community. Um, and, you know, city staff has presented to city council at least back to 2017 about our road conditions and have had in consultants and studies done. And, you know, that's been the area where we need to improve and add additional funding because we just don't. So we're trying to focus on our um, arterial collectors right now. Seminole Woods is being paved and Sesame Boulevard. Um, but, you know, we still don't have enough money in that fund to do residential roads. And, you know, and that that worries us because Matt um, in Public Works, they oversee, you know, doing those repairs and patches to the road. Mm -hmm. um, and they get a, a, an extremely amount of cases and work orders that come in through your department. Well, and we had uh, a few weeks ago with uh, Teresa Pontieri, our councilwoman, was on, and we had a guy from the paving company on. What was uh, his name? I can't remember right now, but he was like a big guy out of Tampa. And, and we were asking him just stupid questions about paving and roads and how are they made and how do they fall apart and how long are they good for. And he was saying that they had a, a, a program that they put out that they offered a city showing you what – because it said if you, if you wait until it's like – like not changing all your in your car and you blow the engine to it, the cost is huge as opposed to a maintenance program. And um, yeah, it, you can do like different sprays and things that would potentially make the road last like fifty years. Yeah, um, but you have to keep up with it, and and you save a whole lot of money in the long run. But it's tough because, like you said, I mean, a lot of people feel like a lot of people have the 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 um, the attitude like there's got to be waste in the government budget. There just has to be like, we need to cut taxes. Why are you making me pay more? Um, and then I, I guess I'm curious, like what, what, I mean, and you're, I'm sure sitting where you are, you're looking at the budget and thing. We already made it as lean as we can. So then you think, for example, the, the staff travel, I'm sure that's not a huge number exactly, but what, what do you think would be lost from that? I mean, that seems like something that if someone is going to pinch pennies and try to save money. Um, or if someone's saying like, Oh, there's probably waste. Oh, you got all these staff members traveling all over the place trying to make presentations, but what does that really do for the city? Is that really worth it? You know, what, what is your attitude about having to cut something like that, Lauren? So, um, I think the travel and training allows our employees to grow and learn and step outside of our box that we're in now and go see what other communities are doing and learn firsthand. Um, Brittany and I attended the governor's hurricane conference this week, and we came back with like so many different ideas to make sure 
we are ready for storm season and that our community is going to be more resistance and how can we leverage technology and you know that energy that momentum those skills that you learn you know and just a high level point of view that's what we're going to lose out on next year you it, know? it also seems like that kind of energy and training is really key for retention of employees you know if you feel excited about your job because you're getting better at it you feel like you're getting you know invested in as a person then you want to continue to deliver high level um, and this has been a, a big topic for the past 10 years or so at the county level and the city like where you know there's sometimes there's turnover um, and you you would you would train someone for all this time and then they leave maybe because of job satisfaction or maybe there's money but um, this kind of stuff could you just never know when it could show back up um, as like well you could probably trace it back to this cut that maybe this person left for I don't know I'm trying to I'm just kind of speculating here but it seems like there's a lot of unintended consequences with spending money and not spending money. No, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, Brian. Um, it, it is to that degree. We have lost over the years um, really good, talented people, either from these programs being cut or suspended. Um, and sometimes, you know, we know we cannot keep up with the private sector. We can't, you know, try and compete with the salaries. And we've lost a lot of good people for salary increases other places. But, you know, I think the difference is for our organization, you know, 87% of our workforce lives here in our community. They have a less than 15% uh, or less than 15 minute commute to get to work. And, you know, they feel pride that they want to maintain the appearance of what Palm Coast looks like or, um, you know, they the Parks and Rec programs, they want to make sure everybody feels welcome and we put a smile on someone's face. You know, it's just that attachment that we as employees feel that we work here because we want to we want to make our community better, not that we're trying to chase a dollar. So at the same time, is the city a brand new top of the line Mercedes Benz? Is that what we're trying to maintain? Or is our community do we feel like we are sort of like a Toyota Camry, a new nice Toyota Camry? Like we, you, you could spend forever and get the nicest, nicest car. Now we're a Lamborghini community because, and, and we have the, we pay the most taxes, but we have the nicest, most amazing amenities. Like what, what does the community have an appetite for? I guess is partly what we have to you know, keep measuring or what the city council has to keep measuring um, as far as like the taxes and what we spend it on. It's a really interesting problem, but um, kind of goes back to really like what is our identity as a city and kind of what David's talking about. Like, do we allow chickens? Do we allow grass to grow tall or, or do we not? And how much does all that stuff cost? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I wouldn't say that we're the Mercedes Benz of the community. You know, we have uh, one of the lowest millage rates in the state of Florida for a city our size. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure we have the lowest millage rate into the comparable cities just in our community. And, you know, we we like to pride ourselves on our appearance. So that could be your your bells and whistles, right? But, you know, right now it's peak growing season and the grass is growing faster than Matt and his crew can turn around. And, you know, we've got heat advisories that you know, it's 116 degrees out there. And so, you know, we're just trying to maintain 
the identity of Palm Coast. And it kind of goes back to that visioning that city council has for us and the future, um, the future of what it's going to look like. Okay. We're going to take a break and we will be back. And, uh, you know, like I say, the, the city's in the same situation. A lot of people are looking for ways to live a good quality of life here in Palm Coast and have the things we like and make them look good without going backwards. But are we at a crossroads of, uh, you know, certain residents wanting to go kind of the trailer park way or how can we maintain and grow what we've got, which is the big reason why most of us have moved here and we need some other people to come to and bring their businesses. We'll be back. can afford a new car you're not alone keeping your car running safe and sound is what we do here at quantum tires and auto repair a lot of people depend on us hi i'm bob gordon if you haven't had an oil change in a while or something just doesn't seem right bring it in even if you're running short on money right now bring it in anyway the most important thing is your car is safe to drive quantum tires and auto repair corner of state road 11 and the railroad tracks downtown banal so you're ready to list it We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. Yes, absolutely. Palm Coast is blessed to have a company like this. Owners that care about not only about the community, but they care about hiring within Palm Coast and providing um, nice salaries for those that live here. And they, they really, truly invest back within. Free for All Friday podcast, by the way, Flagler Radio mobile app, streaming live, also podcast there, flaglerbroadcasting.com and YouTube and all those things, and appreciate those of you who listen live, and for those of you that pick it up and listen on the podcast at any point, we appreciate them all, don't we, Brian? Thank you to all the listeners. That's right, every one of you. You need everyone that we have here, and always looking for more. If you have people moving into the air, by the way, people that do listen we have a lot of people that listen up north that are thinking about moving here that have moved here and go back and forth snowbirds and and all that kind of a thing and they stay tuned to what's happening so we appreciate all of that as well um so matt manzel what do you do all day as the uh, public works director for uh, flagler county and, and tell us you know the overall scope of your responsibilities Okay, so um, we have in Public Works uh, three major divisions. Um, Our streets division, which includes taking care of all of the beautiful landscaping that we're definitely known for. Uh, We talk about, you know, kind of the Cadillac or the the Mercedes Mm -hmm. or the Camry, right? Well, I I definitely remember uh, when I got here getting off the highway and seeing the medians. That was one of the things I noticed right away. So um, we we have some... Bill Butler, thank you. Okay. We have some... uh, (laughs) you know, really good professionals that uh, take care of that. And it's their community. They really care about it. So um, we take a lot of pride in that. Um, and then obviously within streets, we do take care of those streets. Once they're they're paved and turned over to us, we make sure that if there's any potholes or damage or edge of road um, repairs that need to be made, um, our, our guys take care of that as well. You know, people say potholes. And I've talked about this before, is that I don't really see potholes. I mean, it might be a little sag in a road or something, but when I think of a pothole, I think of one up north, like it, you could 
you know, lose the whole car into it almost. That You know what I'm saying? Like where the roads up north are just patched and patched and right. patched and patched. I don't see that here. Am I missing something? Uh, that's just we're that good at our job. So Okay. <laughs> they're very All right. quick. They're very quick turnaround. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's so awesome. We do have them. I think up north uh, what you run into is more of the, the ice cracking. It creates damage a lot faster. So um, when, when we get notified of a pothole, we usually take care of it, you know, within the week. Uh, and, and the volume is increasing as the, the, uh, roads age, but we, you know, we try to stay on top of that as a priority so that people don't have that damage or an eyesore, uh, you know, within our roadways. But, you talk about the, the, you know, the snow and the cold up North doing, what about the heat here in Florida? What effect does that have on the roads? Uh, my understanding is it dries that asphalt out and, and causes it to, to fail, um, you know, a little faster that way. Uh, versus, you know, the the snow and the ice um, freezing and cracking is more of a, you know, spot uh, repairs that need to be made. Our our damage is pretty much everywhere where the the sun is hitting. Um, so you know, there's there's definitely a lot of that, and it's increasing as our our roads age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, it's definitely important to to get after that. How has the uh, heat impacted your your department? Well, obviously, with the uh, heat indexes of what is it, 114 here lately. Um, you know, our guys are working out and not like, I mean, they're, long. they're still having to mow. They're still putting the potholes. They're still, all that stuff hasn't still stopped. That. And as a matter so, of fact, we're, we have, uh, quite a few people that are working six days a week right now, just to try to keep up with that increased growing season. Uh, you know, we joked a little bit before, it seems like as soon as you get done with one area, uh, with mowing, you got to start, start right back over because mm-hmm. the grass is growing that fast. Um, what does it cost to keep Palm Coast looking good in the, you know, the medians and the roadways and, and all that? What's a, what's, what is the budget? I mean, I imagine, you know, I know those mowers, I look at them, I'm going, oh my God, I, these are really expensive mowers. <laughs> they're, they're not cheap, but you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of area to cover. So, um, I, I, I don't have the budget number in front of me. Lauren, do you have it in there? The streets budget is about an $8 million budget. Yeah. Per okay. Year. Mm. So, you know, our department has uh, currently 81 full-time employees. Uh, about 45 of those are dedicated to mowing operations, landscaping, uh, you know, beautification, those kind of things. And then the rest are divided up between, you know, we have fleet department as well. So they're taking care of over 700 pieces of equipment that are utilized throughout our city. Uh, and, um, we have facilities maintenance, which take care of those 19, soon to be 20 uh, city facilities. Uh, so that's a constant thing. Most of our facilities are no longer under warranty, so we take care of everything from you know the roof to the foundation, everything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we recently took on the uh, collections and sanitation division too. So we have a, a supervisor who is responsible for overseeing that that solid waste collection contract. And tell me about the contract so that's contracted out it is so um we have a contractor a contracted hauler that uh, takes care of just over forty-four thousand customers uh, within the city of palm coast to make sure that they get all of their uh, garbage and recycling picked up every week okay and we all pay for that in our electric or not in our immune in our water bill and so utility bill with that bill. Yep. what about the um sewer plant Wastewater, excuse me, the new political, you know, nobody calls them sewer plants anymore. But yeah. um, what, how many of those do we have? And, um, and that's part of your department? L- luckily, it is not. I oh. can, I can uh, <laughs> defer that to Steve <laughs> Flanagan. That is uh, our Steve utility. Yeah. Um, Steve Flanagan is our director of utility. We have two wastewater plants, and we have three water treatment plants. 
Oh, okay. And in so so your part with public works is keeping everything look good, looking good above the ground, basically. Pretty much, and okay. and all of the uh, the the uh, fleet assets as well that everybody uses. So. Okay. And, and really, those are tools that everybody's using to complete their job, right? Your stormwater department has uh, construction equipment and this wonderful machine they call a Menzi muck that goes down in the canals and keeps everything clear. Your utility department has trucks with, uh, you know, hoists on the outside so they can replace pumps and, and do all the, the work that they do. And obviously, within public works, you know, we have pickup trucks and mowers and construction equipment. So they're making sure those tools stay uh, in the best shape that they can. And as far as like uh, hurricane preparedness and all those kind of things, how does that fit into your life? So pretty, uh, pretty much, yeah. That that's our our realm this time of year. We're making sure that we have generators that are ready to go, that everybody's uh, you know equipment is ready to go, and then uh, we'll ride the storm out. Mostly, you know, you, you have a tree crew that uh, make sure that we can clear roads really fast, and then after the storm, our our job really turns over to debris removal and making sure that you know all those right-of-ways are are cleaned up and that we're taking care of the the vegetative debris and hopefully uh, we don't have any home damage but if that were to happen we would also uh, work to clear that that debris from private lots do we have a safety officer or somebody of risk you know that you know they walk around with a clipboard looking oh this is a danger this is a risk this could be (laughs) unfortunately david that was one of the positions that was unfunded for next year so we do not have that (laughs) position currently okay so that would be matt doing that too yes i I do (laughs) i have a safety team within public works that uh just recently formed and and you know they analyze uh, all the different tasks that we do and the tools that we use to make sure we're doing it safely, correctly, and we have the right safety equipment as well. So this would have been adding another person to that team? Well, or we, how does that... we had a position that was over the whole city. Oh, um, okay. So now we've gone to more of a breakout kind of setup to where the departments have um, safety teams within the departments. So can I ask a public works question that, that I probably should just do it off the air because it's only about me, but I only ha- I I didn't I still don't have a recycling bin. You still don't have a recycling. Yeah, well, how you, do I get a recycling? Did you put bin? a request in for? I a didn't because I thought the way it was worded, it was like they're going to be distributed. Oh. And, okay. but you ha- so you have to request it. So the the way that we did it was. I bet I'm not the only person who didn't request. I'm it. sure you're not. Uh, we're and we're working through some of those things right now. <laughs> but, um, we did it through a request method, but we also yeah. observed a certain amount of bins that were being removed. And we had ordered, I think it was around 11,000 bins that we have now 11, passed out. 11,000 bins. Right. So, um, what does a bin cost? What's the cost of a bin anyway? Just a little over $8. Really? Okay. So, um, unfortunately I don't have any extra bins right now, what? but uh, <laughs> I've been using yeah. an old garbage can and I, my, I had my son like make a sign to put on the side of it, but That's it's good. not big That's enough. Good. I mean, we do a lot of recycling. And so I've been like, throwing away a couple of cans oh no oh, i know I, yeah. I i hate to say that we, but we, we can't have you doing that but <laughs> there, there are um options you know obviously you can utilize a different bin yeah um you can i mean you i've been debating one. going to buy one myself yeah it sounds like you need a, that's pretty a very large it does bin. it does but yeah. i'll just, sell you one i'll grab my neighbors and sell it to you how's that <laughs> all right <laughs> all so right. i have to request one but there aren't any yeah request one <laughs> Uh, and so then let me know when you get it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds All right. Good. You got to know somebody to get one. All right. <laughs> um, you know, we're watching the horrible uh, things going on in Maui with the fires. And a lot of people have flashbacks. It was They were here before me where um, the 
the fear was that Palm Coast would burn to the ground to the ocean back what that was the what 80s or 90s or something was the fires in 98 98 98. are we you know i'm looking and i'm thinking well we're all worried about uh you know hurricanes and wind and rain and flooding what's our how are we set to make sure that doesn't happen again in palm coast with fires so our fire department is great for making sure that they're doing their trainings to prepare us and our community Um, So between that and maintaining the 3,900 fire hydrants that we have in our community, just they are really making sure that we will be resilient and prepared for that. And vegetation, of course, that was, I mean, I'm sure when they're going to look back at Maui and see, you know, what could they have done to have prevented that? And I know during fire, we didn't really have, we've had a lot of good rain, which is a good thing too, right? I mean, imagine if we had a drought with this heat, I mean, everything would be, uh, you know, dried out, but the, you know, um, lots that are empty, the fill in lots that are empty and, and, and pine trees and all that kind of a stuff, you know, you're just like uh, thinking, um, are we doing all we can to keep that from happening here? We are. And um, uh, code enforcement does a good job at that with um, wildfire mitigation um, and making sure that, you know, honestly, David, there's only about 11,000 ITT lots left in Palm Coast, so we are dwindling down in our numbers there. Okay, all right. And we used to have Bill Butler on, who great guy, loved the guy, and he he did you know he really cared about, and he retired. You know, as I'm talking about him like he died or something. No, and just because there's a tree named after him, he's still alive. Okay, yeah, we still hear from him regularly. <laughs> right. But um, he would come on and, and talk about things you should and shouldn't plant in your yard. Because he said some of these plants were like what oily and, and they would like burst into flames, but they're beautiful. But when you go plant around your house, um, you know, what to plant and what not to plant. We should do another program like that because um, I, I can't obviously I, I can't remember exactly what he said. But, you know, as far as emergency management, David, you bring up a good point. I think now is the time to make sure that our residents and our community are getting prepared for Um, any type of incident, but, you know, storm season is definitely upon us and pruning now and making sure that it gets out now so that there's no debris in the road or anything like that. Um, Just making sure that they have a plan. Yeah, I know. Just like uh, there was a a fire just was it yesterday on Flagler Beach next to Golden Lion, whatever, that uh, shut down the restaurant. I mean, so it doesn't have to be a large scale. I mean, if it's next door to you, that's large scale. So, um, but no, that's a good idea. Just kind of, well, get the fire department on, get burial on or something and just sure. kind of yeah. give us some good advice with that. Hey, um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back. We're going to uh, get with Barbara Grossman. She is who you don't want to see show up at your house. She's the code enforcement officer for the city of Palm Coast. And we're going to talk about all kinds of annoying things in the city. And uh, we'll be right back <laughs> with more right after this. For a full 18 holes, head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. 
A powerful and well-respected law firm in Florida is now in Palm Coast. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for our clients. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury, call us first. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorkham.com. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Auto Hustle Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hardgrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Auto House, Palm Coast. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla certified Powerwall installer and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. 946, good looking Friday in Palm Coast, Florida. I think a cool thing about this city is everybody's pretty much here because they want to be here. And, um, you know, a lot of it's a young, I know, a, a young city with old bones. We've heard that. But uh, they're not that old compared to St. Augustine, <laughs> right? You're the oldest right. city right. in America. But um, but that's a cool thing, and that's why we want to keep it that way, that everybody's here. Up north and Heritage, people are stuck in their Allentown. Not picking on Allentown, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but they're like, oh, my God, you know, someday I would hope I can move to Florida, and I would love to if I could. And, and so here we are. So everybody listening online, streaming, come on down. Love to have you. And it's a great place to live. And I uh, love seeing um, Dr. Jackson, the city manager of Bunnell. Every time I see him, he says, it's another great day <laughs> in beautiful Palm Coast, Florida. It he is. He makes my day every time I see him. <laughs> I know. And the best dressed guy in Flagler County. That's right. You know, I That's love right. It, yeah. Um, Lauren Johnson with us. You just heard her voice there. She is our assistant city manager, Brittany Kershaw. Haven't heard too much from you today, but we'll get to you. And uh, she's our she's the one in, in charge of getting all the information out that we need to know from all the department heads and a whole bunch of people. It funnels to her and funnels out to us here on the radio and the other media. So uh, we keep you informed. And also Matt Mensel, he is here. He is our public works director. And we're going to go to the phones right now and talk to our friend Barb Grossman. Good morning, Barb. Good morning. How are you? All right. So you are code enforcement manager. That is who I am. See? Okay, you, I, you have to get tough sometimes on people? Sometimes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm, I think you have a fascinating job, right? Because every day is different. This is true. Um, yes, it's very, very true. There are different days, different circumstances. Uh, sometimes it's case by case. There, there are many different obstacles. Within code enforcement, I have code enforcement itself. Uh, I have urban forestry, and I have animal control. So it is, uh, it is a large. Area to cover uh, uh, with 23 people. Can you can you tell us about a recent strange case? Yeah, let's hear some good stories, Barb. <laughs> what do we want to hear? Um, the same person calls every year at the same time, which was yesterday, to say they received a notice on their garage door. Um, and is it for overgrown conditions? And if so, um, my landscaper will be here this weekend. 
Okay. So does does a neighbor complain, or do you drive around looking for people at tall grass? Uh, normally what happens is we are both proactive and reactive. Two years ago, Governor DeSantis said that there was no more anonymous. So you have to give your name and address if you want to uh, uh, lodge a complaint unless it's an imminent threat. So what happens is, say, for instance, garbage cans in, pub- in public right-of-way view. So if we go down that street for that particular um, violation, we're going to observe the whole street because the, vi- the person that we're given the violation is going to call me on the phone and say, why didn't that person get cited? Why did I only get cited? Are you being selective? So we would do the whole street. Have you seen a decrease in reported uh, violations because of that law change? Not really. Um, I average between um, fifteen to 1,800 complaints a month. And of those, between 130 and 150 are unfounded. Hmm. Okay. That's a pretty so good we, percentage. Most, most of them are founded, apparently. Yep. And then, um, then what we do is we work the cases. Um, but the good thing is when I'm giving you all these statistics, by the time it comes to code board as per the state statute 162, out of all those violations, we average between 30 and 45 cases that go to code board. So we are getting compliance, and that's a good thing. We're not here to be punitive. We're, we're here to stay pretty and nice and beautiful. Uh, yes, we do have some blight areas that we still always have to take care of, um, but the compliance rate is very well is very good. I also think on social media, people should give their real name and not hide behind um, these fake names and things and say all this stuff or be anonymous. I think, um, you know, if you feel that way, then, uh, you know, have the guts to uh, let everybody know who you are rather than, you know, all these other. There are occasions where they'll have one spokesman for the whole street. Okay. All right. One person that wants to, you know, be give his name and address. We'll do it and we'll give the complaints. We do have that happen also. Oh, that's nice. Kind of neighborhood watch in a way. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So um, I've got some, I, we kind of, we have some, our listeners sent in. All right. One of them was uh, annoying door-to-door salespeople selling solar right now. And um, and also uh, like selling um, cable hookups or uh, whatever. So you know, they, they hire these kids, whatever, and they drop off an army of them and they, uh, they hit the streets and they're aggressive and annoying. Is that against the law or the codes in Palm Coast? Well, the way it works is you're required to have a um, solicitation permit slash license, but we call it a permit right now. Um, and they have uh, to have a background check. And uh, once the background check is done, and if they meet the background check, uh, then what happens is they are issued a uh, license slash permit. And with that, there are restrictions as to certain activities. Uh, For instance, uh, the school, you can't be any closer than 200 feet. Um, You, uh, if somebody has on their door that um, there's no solicitation, and if you're knocking, if you're ringing the doorbell, if you're approaching the garage, the best thing to do is to contact the Flagler County Sheriff's Office at 313-4911, the non-emergency number, to file a complaint to have them removed. Um, if they don't have a sign on their door and the solar company come, I don't happen to have no solicitation, so they come to the door. Uh, my dogs bark, and if they bark for 20 minutes, I'm going to be in violation of the code. Um, 
they would have to, if they came, they would have to produce identification um, and also a copy of the um, permit and to, to say that they are, they are registered with the city of Palm Coast and um, they only can do it from uh, certain hours, which is nine to six on, on daily. So if you have a so, sign, if you have a sign on your door that says, you know, no solicitors on your doormat or somewhere posted to it, um, they're not supposed to knock. That is correct. It's, it's unlawful for a solicitor to ring a doorbell, knock on a door, attempt to gain um, uh, admittance into a building or a residence for the purpose of soliciting. And so, uh, if they if they don't have any, if they have that up then the best thing to do is to contact um, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. You know, not too long ago, there was an incident where a solicitor came up to an individual and it, it turned into a bad scene. What is the uh, most common um, code violation or complaint that you get just off the top of your head? Uh, as far as just our regular code, um, I would say our top three, what we do is we go out with a brochure on our top code violations. Uh, I would say uh, parking in the swale, commercial vehicles, overgrown conditions, and accumulations. Okay, and those are complaints. All right, and, and, and by the way, the city, you guys have a great app that is, what is it, Palm Coast Connect? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and so explain that and, and tell us, like, okay, so um, I, ha- I see something that's not right. I think it's bad for the city. It's whatever, and I want to file a complaint. Um, you don't have to call Barbara's cell phone number. Um, you can. <laughs> how, how's don't it? How's, huh? Don't you give it out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I promise. So, so how can they uh, get a complaint filed in a you know orderly they, manner? They go onto our city website. They click onto Palm Coast Connect, and they go ahead and they give their name, their address, and what the complaint is. Palm Coast Connect is then directed to um, our administrative staff. And our administrative staff, uh, we have what we call CD Plus, which is a software program we have. They enter it in as an action order. And then the next morning, the officer will go out to the location and inspect uh, the violation. And, and then when you file that, you can actually follow the progress of a complaint, right? Yes, and you can, fo- you can follow it from A to Z until it's finished. So it, all that is input into the Palm Coast Connect. So, so- you would know... Once we went out there, if we issued a notice of violation, you would see you'd see the time that we give them to correct the violation, and then they could go back in and they could check and see what the status is and uh, whether it has been it is in compliance, it's not in compliance, uh, is it scheduled for code board? All of that information would be in there. All right, Barbara Grossman, our code enforcement manager. I won't give out your cell phone. You don't come to my house, and we got a deal. How's that? Hey, that's a deal. I won't be at your house. Sounds like blackmail. (laughs) All right, Barbara. Have a great weekend. Thanks for what you do. We appreciate you. Okay, thank you. And you have a win also. All right. All right. So, you know, all these people do all these things to keep Palm Coast looking good, acting good, everybody getting along. You know, these are the things that never make it in the news. And um, so I think it's just kind of a, a day of appreciation for Matt what you do with public works and all your guys that are out there and women, I'm sure. And absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, in the 115 degree heat cutting the grass. So, you know, we feel good about ourselves driving through our city. And yeah, so. I'm, I'm lucky enough again, I said it before just to represent those folks. Um, but a thank you goes a long way. So I, I definitely ask, 
you know, our citizens, if you see somebody out there doing a, you know, a good job, uh, just take a second to stop and let them know how you feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that definitely goes far with our employees. Hand them a cold beer. Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> a Gatorade. <laughs> a Gatorade, okay. All right, very good. Well, thank you. We appreciate you with that. And uh, Brittany, I know, um, you know, you always have a microphone here, but any final comments from you today? No, we appreciate you having us on and kind of giving the behind the scenes of what the city does. And we've got a great team over there, you know, 600 employees working hard every single day for our citizens. And, you know, we're trying to do the best that we can do. So we appreciate you sharing that. Okay. And, uh, and educate yourself to things that are, and don't be reactive to online blogs and things that, that people say, you know, we're, we're quick to believe things that aren't true. My uh, cognitive bias type thing. And, and whatever happens in Washington with government waste is nothing like here. I mean, so uh, don't equate all of it together. Just, you know, kind of take a look at what we have here. Yeah, if you read it on the Internet, that does not mean it's true. So come here for yourself. Really? Okay. Um, Lauren Johnston, thank you for being our assistant city manager and being on today. And final words from you. Thank you. Um, you know, I believe in the power of positivity. So anytime that we can get out there and share good news and good stories, I feel like that really um, brings our community up and inspires future growth and more people would want to move here and um, be a part of our community. And bring some businesses here That's so we right. don't have to pay so much at Lorem taxes. That's right. Right? Okay. Brian, you got 60 seconds for a back to school story. Um, back to school story. Well, here's a good back to school story. <clears throat> my son is in kindergarten and he got on the wrong bus. So my daughter, who is on the right bus, noticed that he wasn't there, checked every seat up and down, went and told the bus driver, and they got him on the right bus. And so there were tears shed, but we had everyone safe and sound back home. So it was a great, it's a great moment for the big sister. All right. It's a good big sister moment. It is. So, hope everyone has a great weekend. All right. You too. And uh, thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Matt. Ryan, always a pleasure. And uh, you guys, be safe, be kind to each other, and have a great weekend. County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Benel.